Good morning, family. Once again, we come to you from Gate Ministries in Dundee. And it is our honored privilege once again to bring the word of God to you that we meet via this uh, platform to those that are with us and to those that would listen to us from different parts of the world. We pray that God will unveil himself in a deeper way as we pursue to understand our communication with God and to stay relevant to the currency of God's dealings with mankind. And today we want to be directed once again with what has been placed in scripture. I have no need for to delve in any other way outside of God's word to try and understand God in a better way, in a seamless way, that there is no glitches in our own system. And I do believe that we need to get our systems in order. Even as uh, uh, we spoke last week of uh, Solomon's prayer at uh, dedication of the temple, and you have to understand that when we build a temple of God, for the temple then to be dedicated to God, there are certain things that need to be restored or need to be placed as central to everything around that uh, temple. And one of the things that Solomon had uh, done to prepare the sanctuary that he will call God's sanctuary, he had to bring the Ark of the Covenant. He had to bring the Ark in and he had to restore the covenant, which is why he would say in, uh, in 2 Samuel 6, verses 10 and 11, I think uh, we did touch that touch on that last week but if it, we didn't let me just uh, remind you of, uh, of the same and he reminded uh, uh, God he reminded himself he reminded the congregation that was with him that he says the Lord therefore has performed his word I felt that it was of critical importance that we understand that God is a God of covenant he keeps his covenant. That which he has covenanted with you, God will not withdraw himself from that. His covenant, as the word says, uh, at the foundations of the earth, the spirit of God hovered over the earth until God spoke the word for the reproduction to begin to take place. And so until we find ourselves back again in the house of God, to find ourselves uh, being housed, housing the covenant of God within our own temple, God's covenant remains in force but inactive. And today I want us to activate that covenant that God made. Sol uh, Solomon continues to say these words, the Lord therefore has performed his word that he had spoken. For I am risen up in the room of David, my father, and I am set on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. Verse 11. 
and in it have I put the ark wherein the covenant of the Lord that that he has made with the children of Israel. He says, I have brought the ark in. The ark was just a covering uh, that uh, held the covenant within itself. And it's an interesting story of the travels of uh, the Ark of the Covenant. You would remember in, uh, in uh, uh, 1 Samuel where there was uh, the fall of uh, Eli um, because, uh, I don't know, was it just old age or he just began to neglect the things of God and uh, he allowed his sons uh, to play fools in the temple, and they just were not honorable and honoring God. And so there came a time when uh, the Israel was attacked because the, the covering over the household of faith had been broken down because the man of God who carried the oracles of God had forgotten how to activate, how to rebuke his own household that they need to begin once again to honor God in their homes, honor God in the house of God. And therefore, God allows the Philistines to come and uh, raid the, the, the Israelites. And I mean, there was a great slaughter that took place. And uh, there was uh, then the Philistines, of course, to add salt to injury, they uh, took the Ark of the Covenant of God. They took it and they went and they placed it in their own temple. And... Uh, of course, you know the story of uh, that. You know, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful demonstration of God's um, protection over his uh, own things. And uh, they placed um, the Ark of the Covenant next to their God called Dagon. And, uh, of course, the next day when they came to the temple, they found uh, Dagon had fallen down, face down, prostrate before the Ark of the Covenant of God. And uh, they looked around and they felt, okay, there was some maybe wind that blew around this place. And they took Dagon, they placed him back on his seat. And uh, the next day they come back again and they find Dagon is on the floor. And, uh, but this time his hands were cut off, his head was cut off and uh, they knew then that judgment was being meted upon them. You see, there was nobody praying at this time. The Israelites were all wounded. They were all, uh, uh, you know, many had suffered loss because of the covering that had been removed. But the Philistines made a mistake by thinking they can mock the living God. And of course, uh, you know, even at this time, there is some religions or the Philistines or whatever the outshoots of, of them are, is that uh, the head of Dagon was lying at uh, entrance uh, to the temple. And uh, this particular religion 
cannot enter even their own homes. They cannot enter their toilets uh, using a certain uh, foot first in. They have to use a certain one. And they have to say a prayer before they enter their own homes. Because of that tradition, that uh, they knew that the judgment of the God of the children of Israel was so strong that their own statue of their God was uh, decapitated and his hands were cut off. And uh, to set a chain of events, because uh, they would uh, uh, gather themselves together and say, look guys, we have made a huge mistake by bringing the... The, uh, the Ark of the Covenant of uh, the, the children of Israel, you know, we thought we were taking or dispossessing them of their God, and uh, obviously it was based on envy on the God of Israel, what God was, was doing for the children of Israel. And, uh, but they knew that they had uh, overplayed their hand. And you can read about uh, all the judgments that God meted out uh, to them. And uh, one of them that was uh, um, of particular interest was, it talks about the emeralds, which of course is just uh, boils. They broke out in boils all over their bodies and they were filled with uh, itchiness all over. So it just made it for them that uh, they need to get the ark out of their community. And so they would take uh, two milking cows and uh, still, you know, testing is this year the phenomena of the living God or is it just by chance that these things happen to us? They took two milking cows, they made a cart and put uh, the Ark of the Covenant on uh, this cart here and they said to themselves, and uh, what they did is they took the calves away from the, these um, uh, milking cows and they kept the calves back. Uh, uh, they locked them up in their place and they set these uh, um, animals on their way towing the cart with the Ark of the Covenant. They said, if it goes in a certain way, we will know then that it needs to go back to the children of Israel. If it goes in a certain way, we would know the things that have happened to us were just by chance. And then, of course, it will go in the right direction. And... Uh, but uh, the boils would, to, uh, would take a long time for them to be sorted out that uh, they knew that uh, they had uh, played a game that they cannot win. You know, there are some people even today, they really believe that they can ride a roughshod over the church of Jesus Christ. I tell you what, they can if the church forgets its position in its God. And I believe right now, even with this coronavirus that uh, we are in the midst of, and all fear is all over the place, there's not a country in the world that is not affected by it. And uh, whether it was manufactured deliberately to embarrass some uh, communities, or whatever the case might be, but I find that it is an opportune time for you and I to know how to bring back the Ark of the Covenant into our midst. And I have looked at certain scriptures just to amplify what uh, I'm talking about. And we are going to go right back again to First uh, uh, Samuel 
chapter 7. We are going to start from uh, verse 3. We're going to read from there. And I do believe that uh, it is an opportune time once again for us to remember that uh, church as we used to have church is no longer going to be exactly the same as we used to. God is saying to you and I, those that uh, seek me must seek me early in the morning. That is why I declared to the local church here last week that we should be coming every morning on a Saturday or as often as we can come together and come to seek God, not to come and bring our needs to God, but to seek his presence to be restored in the house. In other words, bringing back the covenant, understanding that we are a covenant people and God keeps his covenant. He keeps his side of the bargain. But are you and I keeping that covenant? It's easy when the wrong things happen then we would say, where, where was God when all these things happened? And it can easily be say, said, where were you when all these things happened? Were you in the presence of God? Not, I'm not talking about were you in church at that particular time, but where were you or where are you today? Even as you would listen to uh, the sound of my voice, listen to this recording, where are you standing with God? Are you desperately waiting for church to open? But uh, are you also desperately seeking God wherever you are right now? How you can become active in God, how you can become visible to God, because once we become visible to God, we become visible to the community around us. And that is where the rubber will meet the road, where the crushing begins to take place. Because I tell you what, wherever God is leading you, where you are going to make a breakthrough, I tell you, my brother, my sister, it is not going to just happen. The enemy is going to try and block every way to get to your destiny but it is only when the violent will take it by storm only those that will persevere only those that will push forward only those that have the word of God dwelling inside of them are going to be able to push through this year I'm not saying it's going to be an easy take that is why we need to come together and really really seek God and say, Lord, what are you saying? I was speaking to a pastor yesterday. You know, he's telling me about, uh, you know, how the church is functioning and, and, and things like that. And I say to him, you know, my take right now, I can take any part of the Bible and preach on it. But my heart's desire is, Lord, what is the current word? What is that which is brewing in your spirit that you would have your people to hear what you are saying today? And one of the things I believe the church has lost sight of is being obedient to the word of God. It is obeying what God is saying. It is so easy, it is so easy to uh, say, I think I heard the voice of God. Or when I read a certain scripture, God began to show me things. I tell you what, if you cannot obey that, 
you will be like that young man that received one talent and it decided it was of no value and it decided to, to return it again to the master who had said, go and invest it. And he will return it and say, you know, you are such a hard taskmaster. Master, I know that you would want your things intact as, a way, as, as you had given them to me. He said, I'm just a good custodian of what you have given me, but I'm giving you no value in return for what you've given me. And so let us get our, our act together. That is why uh, I'm really contemplating of when we should reopen the church. But I'm also asking myself, when we do reopen the church, are we going to be faced with the same lethargy of uh, people just meandering through, coming half an hour uh, to church and just, we're just coming to pay uh, attention? or to mark our register. I am saying to you, as, uh, as uh, 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 First Samuel uh, chapter 7 is going to speak to us uh, this morning, let's just read from verse 3. This is after Samuel, who's now restoring that which Eli had lost. He's saying... And Samuel spoke to all the household of Israel, to the church, saying, if you do return to the Lord with all of your heart, put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you and prepare your heart unto the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. If you will return to God with all of your heart, put away all those things that have become to matter to you more than the having fellowship with God. And it nowhere does it say, then you can pray and trust God and have faith that the things that are by the Philistines in our today's situation, we can say coronavirus, because it has interrupted a numerous amount of people's lives. Talk, I'm not talking about the people that, uh, that are uh, in government because they have made megabucks out of coronavirus. But I'm talking about the man in the street. He's been adversely affected. Our worker situation is in dire straits. <clears throat> and everybody's in fear, what is gonna happen next? Is the government going to be bankrupt in a few years time? That then we will be forced into communism? that we will be running around with uh, worthless money in our pockets. But the word of God says, if we will, I'm telling you now, the answer lies within the church. It, the government has got no show in this. When we would come back to God, the word says that when we serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistine. 
Philistines are those that are pretending to be serving God, but not the living God. But you that serve the living God, it is time we began to examine what is in our heart. How, what is our perception of who God is? Is he a God who answers prayer? Elijah said, if you believe that God is a God that answers prayer, then serve him. He said, it is no longer a a thing that we should vacillate between two points. In other words, be undecided. Today we will do this. Today we will do that. Elijah said, well, if you think God is God, then serve him. If, but if you think Baal is Baal, then go and serve him. God is inviting us once again. Come back. Why? Colossians will say he would lead us in victory and he's not going to do it quietly this time. He's going to lead the captive captive while you and I will stand. That's why the word of God says you need to be there so that you can witness the great things that God is about to do on the earth. But of course, if you are not expecting that God is going to do great and mighty things, then you can be rest assured you will not see the success that God has in store for his church. It is only when the church would rise up into a position that she will be expecting that God is about to do a new thing. It is a new season that we are coming into. But if we do not expect for God to do great things, then we ain't going to see nothing. We will just stay and stick around complaining daily how bad things are going, how God is not answering our prayer. But if I know that God answers prayer, I know that God is on my side. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Then I need to know that when I am not forsaken, it means I am being kept and not just kept in one place. It means that I am being taken up and taken up, but my being taken up it is becoming a light to the world so that men can see the glory of God on our lives. It is not about just being elevating so that I can look down at others. It is being elevated so that others can come up to that position. God will put you up on top so that you can draw people to, back to God. You have to know how to direct God's people back to him. It does not neglect to do those things that are necessary to lift those that are around us. Okay, let's read on. Verse 4. It says, Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. 
You see, when, when we restore the Ark of the Covenant back again into its rightful place, last week I said we need to place God in his rightful place and that he becomes Lord over our lives. When he governs our lives and we govern according to God's law, according to God's standard, God has a standard. It's not just haphazard that today, oh, maybe I'll try this, oh, maybe I'll try that. No, there's a standard in God. There's a standard in God. And disobedience is painful. If you want to know the things that will come upon you, you'll allow to come upon you. Go and read Deuteronomy 28. You don't want any of those things happening to you. Because if you are dis- you might love the Lord, but if you are disobedient, there's penalties. The Bible says, whom God loves, he chastises. Chastising does not mean he scourges that he wants to murder you. Chastising means that you have not gotten to that place or the standard that, that I want you to get you. I want you, why? Because I find so much value in you and so I need to push you up. God has a plan for your life. But if you won't listen to him, how are you going to hear his instructions? Verse 6, it says, And they gathered together in Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistine heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in just listen to this. Listen, listen, just follow me. Together in Mizpah, the the lords of the Philistine went up against Israel, and when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. No more. No more. But uh, the Philistines once again, they came to take their chance against the children of Israel. I've, even up to today, still the same thing. Doesn't matter what it's called, but it's still the same war. The good and evil for God and against God. Everything that uh, will represent God, there are some that will hate and there are some that would love, that would want to draw from that. But the church needs to know that they cannot hate those that, that hate them. Because the word of God, as Jesus said, it's been said in the past, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you what, pray for those that uh, persecute you. 
Jesus changed the scenario. He has not uh, left us uh, with the same old uh, uh, way of doing things. He said, I have come so that they might receive my mercy. No longer the judgment of God, but God will still judge every erroneous spirit that will come against you, child of God. But for him to have the right to judge that, you have to be in right standing with God. In other words, your enemies are not cursed today. By you, that is. You bless them. You bless them. On uh, Tuesday morning, um, let me think now. Wednesday morning. No. Thursday morning. Yeah, Thursday morning. I had to make a biggest decision. Not the biggest decision, but I had to make a big decision. And I was really up early. I think it was around about office three. I went to my study just to sit before God because I, I knew those was a decision that I had to make. I said, Lord, I need to know. I turned the Bible to look at, looking for a scripture that will guide me. But I tell you what, I could get nothing out of God. Each time I read the Bible, the, the thing that I was uh, mulling over, it kept uh, interfering. And so at uh, 10 past 5, I decided to go for a walk. I said, Lord, I need to just clear my head. So that when I come back, I know that you're going to settle my spirit, man. That when I get to work in the morning, I will have the right decision to take. And I did go for a beautiful walk. That time of the morning, I really thought I was going to be all alone and just enjoying the presence of God. Okay, thankfully there was no cars on the road except those that were, uh, were a little later on. But there were plenty of people that walk in our area. I tell you what, there's so many joggers there. But I was with God all by myself and just asking the Lord to give me guidance on the decision I had to make. And so the time arose when I got to work. And I do believe I made the right decision. I had to get rid of one of my top workers. I had to tell him to go. And I am inundated with work at this stage. You think it's such a foolish thing. Somebody said, why didn't you ask him to stay while you got this work? So my decision was made. I had to go. But you know what? By half past ten, God sent somebody else. He's raw. He's nearly clueless. But he had been to me about four times in this year asking for work. And he came when I desperately needed him. So God answers prayer. He answers prayer. I could say it was almost instant that he answered that prayer. 
And I do believe, even though a guy that I've got right now, I'll give him a try for maybe a month until end of March and uh, have to tell him that. But the thing is, I have principles on which we work. I think that the guy that uh, I had to let go, I think has been working for me for, I think about eight years. But our principles began to clash. I had to become his servant. Wouldn't listen to things that I was saying. He will do things his way. And then when there's a mistake, he'll throw my things one side and say I didn't supply him with what I did. And so I realized that he was getting devious on me. Then, of course, the last straw was that on my working hours, he was doing his own work. And so you can't have two bosses in one place, so he had to go. So you can't have God and have some other guy. Somebody's going to lose. So come back to God. Come back to God, I urge you. You might be in church. You might be listening to my messages all the time. But if your heart is not in the right place, child of God, I'm asking you to have a good check what is in your heart. What have you placed in your heart? Um, Verse 13, I've got here. Verse 13 of what? I've got there that God will give you his protection. Or we're reading about the Philistines, them coming and uh, um, uh, taking advantage of the reality that uh, the children of Israel were all uh, come together. And... uh, and, uh, and verse 8, then it says, And the children of Israel said to Samuel, You see, now they had a man that they could trust. Eli had grown old. He had forgotten his mandate. That he was there to place a, cover, uh, a covering over the children of God. Even though some of them were doing wrong, it was still his responsibility to plead with God to have mercy. And I find that uh, when uh, we, uh, we embrace people rather than uh, poke them in the face and uh, tell them how wrong they are, how they will never amount to anything, they don't respond in the way that we should. But when we show them in a loving way that there is a better way, they can achieve better when, uh, when they change their attitude. But our attitude towards them must also change. Now listen to this. They say to Samuel, cease not to cry to the Lord our God. He had become our God now. They had given up uh, uh, Baal on the other side. They had come to recognize that God was their God. God, our God, um, our God, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it uh, uh, for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offerings, and the Philistines drew near uh, to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines, and it discomforted them, and they were all smitten before Israel. 
And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistine. Now suddenly, the cowards that were hiding behind, when they saw that God answers prayer, they were able then to pursue their enemy and God gave them a big victory. But that big victory could never have been afforded them had they not returned to God. Had they not recognized that God is on their side and not against him. So my Uh, I am urgent today, child of God, that we should return to God, return to the covenant that you made when you got born again, when you said, Lord Jesus, come into my life, take over my life, renew me once again, God, make me whole, Uh, cause my hands to praise you, cause them to do that which is good and never to bring harm. So must be our mentality that when somebody irritates us, we are all working through this. None can say, I don't get irritated when somebody jumps in in front of me and then drives slowly. I do. That's all I have to say, Lord, forgive me for my sins, for I have sinned before you because I have allowed myself dust to get into my nostrils and then cause an irritation. So, but, you know, I'm speaking to myself. You might be different, but uh, yeah, we are different. Verse 13, so the Philistines were subdued. So is a thing that is an irritation to you, subdued. And they came no more to the coast of Israel. The pestilence and the famine shall not come near you. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel, the man who kept the covering of God with the children of Israel. In his reign, there was nobody that took advantage of those that God had placed under his hand. He kept the will of God. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored. Oh man, I love that. That which the enemy had stolen from you during the time of your wandering in the wilderness, when you didn't know whether you were Arthur or Martha, whether you didn't know whether you will survive this year, when you were tossed to and fro by circumstances, when you felt that God was no longer batting on your side, the word of God is 
says to you this morning that all the things that the Philistines had taken, the cities, they were restored again to Israel. And I am asking you today, church of God, a child of God, see yourself as, 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 as the apple of God's eye. Delight yourself in God and let God allow the circumstances that were hindering you to become your stepping stone back again onto his lap. You've been paying too much attention to circumstances. You have forgotten even how to pray. When you begin to communicate with God, things happen around you that you get distracted and you look to your left or you look to your right. I am asking you today once again to say, Lord, renew once again the covenant that I had with you. Restore the joy of your Holy Spirit inside of me so that I can praise you. I can worship you once again, not because I want to get anything from you, but I want to worship you because you are God. Because when I know that you are God, all things around me must correspond, must respond to my authority that I now occupy, to the seat on which God we sing that uh, he has taken me from the miry clay and he has placed me on the king's highway. So find yourself being placed on the king's highway. Find yourself as one whom God finds worthy to occupy that place. Don't wait until when we sing in the by and by. No, no, no. I want all that God has promised in his word in my lifetime. Not after because I'll tell you what, one of the things that I wrote uh, 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 last week, looking at uh, Solomon's life, looking at David's life, I think I have to finish. Solomon could only draw close to God because he knew the way his father was with God. He learned from his father how to have fellowship with God. We, as fathers today, we have the responsibility to our children how we worship God. Not only worship God when our eyes are closed, our hands are lifted up. How we worship God at our food table. How we worship God around our wives. How we worship God uh, uh, around our own children, around strangers. How we behave, grooms and molds our children how to be as our parents were. In the Lord. Some of us learn from hardships. I learned from my father. I learned from the pain that I suffered of being fatherless while my father was alive. I learned that when I get married, I will never abandon my children. I will never allow my children to be raised by another man. 
That was my lesson. For some people, that should have been devastating. But for me, it was a fire in my bones that I didn't know where it came from. But I can only trust that it was God who inspired that. And I had to accept, I had enough opportunities to feel sorry for myself. But I was too ashamed of being poor again in my working years. And so I needed to fix my life. I took responsibility for my own life. I couldn't blame my father, couldn't blame my mother, couldn't blame my grandmother. I mean, my grandmother, she only had six months I think at best of education. My grandfather never saw the inside of a classroom. My mother thinks she had a little bit of education. Maybe she had up to grade six. So education was not a thing when I grew up. Leadership was not an educated one. But somehow, I picked up that for you to get to places, you cannot blame your yesterday. I think in 1982, when I came to the Lord, I saw a dramatic change in my life. Began to see things that can work when you're in Christ. So I urge you, if you've been born again, or if you have not known Jesus and by chance you've been listening to me today, I ask you to make right with God. God is on your side. Don't look back. Don't allow yesterday's uh, uh, failures to condemn your tomorrow. Trust in God because he's a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And tomorrow has to be better than today. Has to be. So you have to take the decisive step. Restore prayer in your life. Restore trust to God again. And the Philistines that you saw yesterday, you will see them no more. But according to Deuteronomy 28, it says, if you be disobedient, the Philistines that he drowned um, out of uh, uh, Egypt, it's stated there. They'll come back again if you disobey God. So please do not disobey. Do not put off when you know that God is knocking at the door of your heart. You don't know who you are likely to influence tomorrow. Take that opportunity. It is yours. I am handing it over to you. I'm saying receive of the Lord. The goodness of God is waiting for your response. Respond correctly. And the Philistines that you saw, that are troubling us today, you will see them no more. God richly bless you. Bless you and bless you so that your cup will run over. That is my blessing to you, that your cup will run over. Even as we will partake of the Lord's emblems this morning, I ask you to Treat the word of God with absolute respect. 
Because God is eternal. He doesn't change. He doesn't have to change. Doesn't have to find new tricks to attract you to himself. He has his word. He has sent Jesus to you. Hebrews tells us that in the past he spoke by the prophets, but today he has spoken by the Son. And we are all the sons of God. And my prayer today is that I am representing God. And I'm pleading with you, do that which is right. And allow God to be God in your life. And so even as we partake of the emblems, the very covenant we've been speaking about, I'm saying to you, restore the covenant in your home and see God at work. See God at work. Maybe next week we might speak about the principles of finance. God bless you. God richly bless you as you partake of the Lord's table. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your company.